This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course spoilers, and goes into detail about the topics discussed. So, if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items they talk about, you might want to come back later. I'm Matthew. I'm Zach. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Steven, and you're listening to the Major Spoilers Podcast, the podcast for pop culture and comic fans. In this issue, the Doctor is in. Civil War has broken out in the MCU. Expansion in the Arrowverse. Magic, murder, mayhem, and more. Plus a question of the day so cunning you could put a tail on it and call it a weasel. Brought to you with our usual combination of zest, knowledge, flair, and half the snark of your regular comic talk. Because we love comics, and you do too, and blah blah blah, slogan cakes, because the Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air. Welcome to issue 624. Maybe it's 25 or 624. 25 You know what that song means? I have no idea. Neither does anybody else. <laughs> hey, but it made uh, Chicago lots of money. Yeah, It did. It also made Green Day lots of money. There you go. Oh, they did. And it's got that really no. cool. But if you listen to Brain Stew, it's basically the same song. <laughs> okay. Well, Without yeah, the but sound. I'm gonna have to listen to that now. Did Did Green Day have like trombones and stuff? Nope. Uh well, but definitely. it did have a backup orchestra when they recut the song with uh, uh, for the Godzilla soundtrack. Nice. Oh, I didn't know they could. Uh, I guess I didn't pay that much attention to the music. Not, not this light, latest Godzilla soundtrack. Oh, the 2000. The Matthew Broderick Godzilla. <laughs> oh, well, no wonder I can't remember that. That's That part of my brain's been hacked out forever. That's hey, true. welcome, everyone. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing this uh, episode with a friend. If you would, uh, point your browser to Majorspoilers.com, and you can uh, follow along with all the news. And while you're over there, if you uh, get an inkling to buy some stuff, click on that Amazon.com link. And a little bit uh, comes back our way. It just depends. And people say, well, how much comes back your way? Well, it depends on how many people buy stuff. The more people that buy stuff, the more stuff comes back our way. We get a larger percentage. Uh, that being said, it's always going to be less than 8%. So there you go. Mm. It's a little, a little something, something. But it's Yes, not. yes, yes, yes. Uh, let us uh, just uh, jump right into the news this week. Well, I guess we can't just jump right in because we spent five minutes talking about Green Day and Godzilla. <laughs> Well, hey, you know, it's good to have a a theme, though. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Here's a theme for you. Archie Comics heads to Kickstarter. So Archie Comics made this really uh, kind of a surprise announcement um, yesterday, Monday, and said that they have three new titles that they want to have ongoing series, Jughead, Betty and Veronica, and Life with Kevin. It's all part of this new Riverdale universe that they're creating with Archie Comics number one that arrives in July. That's the Mark Wade and Fiona Staples book that everyone expects to just fly off the shelves, uh, so much so that even, I believe, Target and Walmart have both uh, offered the company some shelf space. Well, really? That's what they say. Wow. Uh, and so uh, in order to get these other three titles out, they've launched a Kickstarter campaign. They say, we're not flush with corporate cash like Marvel or DC, but we're also not afraid to take calculated risks. With this Kickstarter, fans have the chance to get in on the ground floor of an exciting and forward-thinking initiative. Fans can help build a new Riverdale, brick by brick, 
We've put together a stellar lineup of titles featuring the best and the brightest creators working on the top characters. With your help, we can make the new Riverdale a reality. The best part, this is only the beginning. Uh, I think uh, Chip Zdarsky is going to be working on Jughead. Yep. Uh, who do we have on the Bettys and Veronicas? Adam Adam's Adam Hughes. Adam Hughes. Written and drawn by written Adam. Written and drawn. And then we also have Life with uh, Kevin, uh, written and uh, drawn by Dan Parent, mm-hmm. who is the uh, longtime uh, Archie artist. And is he the creator of Kevin Keller? Probably. Yeah. He's, he's been the, uh, like I said, he's been at Archie for forever. Oh, yeah. Dan. Also, I mean, Dan is the guy right now, the way yeah. uh, Stan Goldberg used to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jay Bone, uh, who does the spirit, will also be working on Kevin Keller. So, hey, they've got uh, they want to raise three hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the next by the time you're listening to this, essentially twenty five days. Kickstarter campaign is already underway. They have reached as of this recording twenty eight thousand nine hundred ninety seven dollars with five hundred and nineteen backers. A lot of people aren't too happy about this Kickstarter campaign. Have there been, has there been a lot of backlash? I haven't. Oh, I haven't yeah, a much. lot of backlash. There's been a lot of talk about it. I, I admit it. I'm uncomfortable with this. Why? You I'm didn't... not entirely sure why. I think part of it is, you know, when you think of the big publishers, mm-hmm. when you think of, a, you know, an, uh, an Archie comics, if you look at it, you kind of equate them with a Marvel or a DC. And I'm, I know that's not the case because I know – a little bit of the things that have been going on at Archie for the last 10 or 15 years and how some of it is a giant cluster schmoz. But um, what was it? A couple of years ago, they did the Kickstarter for Codename Strike Force, where people could buy in on a Kickstarter and then the first five issues of Strike Force would be released at no cost. I think that was Cyber Force. Cyber Force. Cyber Force. Strike Force. And that was Image Comics, yeah. Right. So when they did that, I was like, okay, they're they're getting this, they're going to get their money up front, and then they're going to put out the content for anybody to see and theoretically continue the series. But this is something that seems to be the expectation that anybody who wants to kick in can, which I'm kind of fine with, and then the books will come out and whomever buys them will be paying $2.99 or $3.99 per issue to buy the books – do the Kickstarter people get like a discount on the finished product or maybe no, a digital so, copy? Um, yeah, you get a, you get some uh, digital copies here. Let me pull up the uh, Kickstarter page I was just on. I believe there. there's a bunch of tiers. I was reading yeah. through them yesterday. So and- here's here's what you get for a dollar. You get a thank you email from mm-hmm. Archie at uh, $5. We send you a thank you and your name will appear in one of the Archie titles. Uh, at $10, you get a special first look at the beginning of the era. You receive a digital download of the all new Archie number one and your name will appear, blah, blah, blah. Uh, at, uh, let's see, there's another one. Oh, you can do this with Jughead, Betty and Veronica and so on. Um, at $10, there's another one at $10 or more, the Archie vault prize. You receive a handpicked prize pack straight from the Archie vault includes comics, goodies, and more. Then as you start to get up to a higher levels, like $50, uh, you will receive a physical copy of a Kickstarter variant cover of the new Archie number one drawn by Eisner award-winning artist, Fiona Staples. You'll receive a physical copy of the new Jughead number one, the Betty and Veronica, and a digital download of Life with Kevin number one as soon as they go on sale. A digital download of the new Archie number one PDF. Your name will also appear in print in one of our Archie titles. You'll be signed up for the Archie Comics email newsletter. And then it goes up and up and up. There's one. The highest one that they have right now is uh, 10000 essentially $10,000. Pitch your story. We know you have an Archie story. You want to see it published. We want to make that happen. 
Your ideas will be written into a story by famed Archie writer, and you will be credited as an executive producer. The issue has appeared in plus all the other stuff that comes with it. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't really articulate why it bugs me, but I can, I mean, this really does feel like to me, the edge of the point where that crowdfunding starts to maybe look and I don't want to say, you know, that it's even something that would be unethical because clearly this is ethical up front. They're saying this is what we want to do. Be a part of this. This is what you get for doing it. But it <clears throat> I mean, this is an established company. This is a, a big deal publisher who's been around since basically oh, the dawn of time. 75 years is how long they've been. But, uh, longer than any of us have been alive. And while I certainly don't think that they should be treated any differently than any other publisher, and I don't think that they should be kept from using a crowdfunding thing. There's just something about this that I don't know. It kind of makes my teeth itch a little mm. bit. That's interesting. Cause oh. uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago on the Zach on film podcast, you were all in on the, um, on the, the super uh, troopers, the super yeah. trooper thing. How is that any yeah. different? I don't know that it is necessarily, except that the broken lizard guys aren't a publishing corporation per but se. A I mean, making yes, company. they are, but, I think but actually that's where the line is. That's that's interestingly where the line is. The our broken lizard guys are the little guys in the film business, even though by all accounts they're probably making more money than Archie Comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, when you move down to the tiny, tiny, insignificant world of comic sales, um, Archie Comics is one of the big boys because they're, eh, they're not really one of the big boys. Well, I mean, they, I mean, they've they, been they around for a long time. They've been time. around for a long time. I mean, time. okay, I'm sorry. They're one of the big boys because they exist. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, but compare, I don't know. It's like compare any given comic to the sales for Super Troopers DVDs. I mean, it, it might actually be that like the highest selling stuff still doesn't hit where another genre or not another genre but another medium starts right it's like mm. comics are tiny but um by the rubric of comics archie has been around forever mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. product is established we know that they have a fan base and we know that there's people who buy their comics so right. it seems weird like it seems like this is like 20th century fox you know, trying to launch a Kickstarter for an X-Men movie, which doesn't make any sense, like, mm. when you're looking at it through comics. But if you look at it from pure numbers, it's like, Archie is a small company, mm-hmm. all things considered. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when you look at other much larger companies that are doing stuff through Kickstarter. When you look at stuff like, you know, podcasts and stuff that probably move more units, have more listeners than Archie Comics has readers in with all their... So then why the flack then? Well, uh, what I'm saying is there probably shouldn't be. And we're moving to a point where there won't be. Yeah, here's what um, here's what. The but John, that's why it feels the way it does. John Goldwater wrote a, a letter to everybody that says, let's face it. We're not. And then I'm just going to pull out some bits from the uh, from the letter. Let's face it. We're not Marvel or DC. We don't have the their bottomless bank accounts. We don't have their corporate infrastructure. We can't launch twenty dollars, uh, 20 titles a month. We can't flood the market with double ship books. We are a privately owned company that has built a track record for being innovative, forward thinking, progressive, relevant and agile. Over the last six years, while I've overseen Archie Comics, we've acted more like a new publisher than one that's been around for decades. We are the oldest startup in history. 
So let me take this a stop, step further. Not only are we not Marvel or DC, we don't want to be. We don't want to tell convoluted stories that require fans to buy a dozen comics to understand one. We don't want to reboot our titles every six months. We don't want to alter characters to make headlines and then move on as if nothing happened. We're not cloaked in secrecy. We're here, we're connected, and we're available. Our fans are as much a part of the company as our employees. We are all in this together. What matters most at Archie Comics for us, for me, is it's all about story and art. It's all about making sure the level of quality is beyond sky high. It's about the characters. It's about doing the best job we can to create the best comics possible with the best talent possible. That's why you have names like Wade, Staples, Zdarsky, Hughes, Parent, uh, and then uh, Aguirre, Sacasa, Franco Villa, Hack, and, and so on. The best and the brightest uh, doing career-defining work on characters recognized around the world, and this is only the beginning. Um, so that's, um, let's see. We want to make Archie number one a huge success, but not through gimmicks, hype, or smoke, or mirrors. And though the thing that has gotten us to, the, to this point, great storytelling, help us build a new Riverdale and vote with the one ballot that will get the attention of the Marvels and DCs of the world's your dollars. And that, that's one of the things he goes on on. Mark Wade. Got into a big uh, Twitter kerfuffle, as Mark Wade even does, often does. Um, and you can find these online. Uh, he's writing Archie Comics number one. I'm neither an official spokesperson nor anyone with any real sway. I'm not suggesting that the company's stone broke or anything. I've, I have respect for new management that uh, chooses not to run the joint like its robber baron predecessors, who for decades would rather have bathed in acid then put out any of their yacht-fueled money back into the company. I do know that Alex Segura and his team are approaching this with care and are making every effort, near as I can tell, to be responsive to feedback and criticism, even from no nothing. Oh, sorry. He goes in and starts bad-mouthing one of the people he got into an argument with. So, <laughs> But apparently from this, and Wade would know more about what's going on, and I have not had a chance to reach out to Alex uh, yet, uh, who is the the PR person at uh, at Archie. but. I guess before the new publishers or the new group came in and took over that Wade's kind of right, that the company was not being treated as a company where you build up capital mm -hmm. and assets and have that stored away for when you need it. It's just like, oh, more money for us, more money for us, more money mm -hmm. for us. So I can understand, especially if you've got a company like Walmart coming and say, hey, we want to we want to stack your issues. And you say, OK, well, let's put all of our money into getting this Archie number one out to everybody. Now we don't have any money to print our other stuff to go over to Kickstarter. Personally, I don't have a problem with this, and I, I really don't have a problem with anybody going to Kickstarter. Uh, I know some people are like, well, if all the big companies go to Kickstarter, how are the little guys supposed to find out about stuff? That's why they got search engines. That's why there's websites like Majorspoilers.com. We don't do every Kickstarter campaign that's out there, um, but you know we do try to share information, and there's social media, and there's way to, ways to advertise uh, your product out there. So um, – I think the thing that's most interesting about this is people will send a message to whoever it be, whoever it is, whether it be uh, the Broken Lizards guys or whether it's, um, you know, it's Archie Comics or whether it's somebody else who's running a Kickstarter campaign. It's either, yes, we you have the backing of us and, yes, you have the support of us and, yes, we think this is a good idea. Or if it doesn't get funded, it's like, well, there's obviously something wrong here with the product. And I'm afraid that you've, you're going to end up with people who are like – I don't know, Zach over here, who's uh, just starting his brand new comic book, who doesn't get funded through Kickstarter is like, well, see, I didn't get funded through Kickstarter because Archie Comics took all my money away. And I, I'm afraid that Zach may have a bad, you know, for example, may have a poor story, may have a poor art, may not be something that people are interested in. 
you know, a comic book about the history of bread probably is not going to gain a lot of support. Hey, mm. A whole video game just released about bread. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, so I'm afraid that people like Zach Braff and others get a lot of flack for saying, well, they're just taking the money away from us. No, if your product is good, if your project is good, people are going to fund it and support it. Well, I mean, it's the same thing. We've seen this with podcasting, for example. Right, right. right. There used to be a time when podcasting was seen as this like super egalitarian, only the little guys are doing it. And then several things happen. First off, the little guys become big guys Mm -hmm. because they're successful. And second, the already established big guys get into the game. Mm -hmm. I mean, right nowadays, nobody bats an eye at the fact that one of the biggest podcasts out there is being put out by NPR. Right. Which is, you know, has been established for such a long time as a radio entity. Not that NPR is like a huge corporation or anything like that, but they're part of the radio landscape, Mm -hmm. part of the media landscape in the United States. And nobody cares because everybody's like, this is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting topic. And we did talk about second film. And it's something to think about when you take in stock both sides of... um, these are corporations who have access to capital or have something in the bank, and then well, but we don't know that. Well, right? we we don't know. We don't know that for sure. But um, that is the perception of the public. Like you are a company, obviously you have money to uh, risk on this project. Why? Well, it's uh, actually zero risk, right? I mean, you either get funded or you don't get funded. No, I'm saying. If they shouldn't, like, you have the money, why don't you put it up yourself and do this project? They, sh- is what they people should will be say. taking that risk and without the crowdfunding. That's what people, happens. yeah, that's what people are saying. I'm not uh, totally on that side of the fence. I understand the reasoning uh, why people would be upset. At, I mean, I understand why people would be upset. Like, why should we be funding you when you're going to take all the profits of this uh, but on the flip side, like you're paying for your entertainment that you would enjoy, right? So there's it, like this pull on each side, uh, and it is interesting. We talk about like Brooklyn Lizard or stuff, or like Pebble, which mm-hmm. I backed. They mm-hmm. had one of the highest Kickstarter backings ever when they first launched their watch. Yeah, they just did it again. They made they raised a million dollars in like twenty yeah, like seconds. 20, yeah, ended up raising twenty million dollars. They knew they were going to. Their goal was like five hundred thousand to do production on their watches, but they ended up raising twenty million. No one really cares that they did that because they're just this already upstart company that raised you know, $15 million on their first Kickstarter. So it's just interesting the perception, like you were talking about, Rodrigo, comes mm-hmm. into this whole idea of well, who we are, except that they, oh, they're fine doing Kickstarters, even though they have, we know the Pebble raised $15 million. Right, right, and right. so, but they're not, you know, uh, Tag Cure doing a Kickstarter for sure. something. Well, go back to podcasting. We have major spoilers VIPs. They're the ones that help fund the things that we're doing right now. And yet people are always saying, hey, why don't you guys do this? Why don't you guys do this? Why don't you guys do this? It's like we don't have the capital sure. to do more than what we're doing now. And to me, I don't know what Archie Comics financial situation is. But when I saw this Kickstarter the other day, I was like, oh, the company's probably not as flush with cash as everyone thinks. So if they do want to do these new things and not just reprint you know, 60-year-old uh, comics that, that you've read recently on this show, yeah. then they need to do something to raise that money. Now, they can do it a couple of ways. They could go to a bank, and a bank's going to say, ha, <laughs> comic books, get the hell out of my face. And then there's going to be crowdfunding, which is like, hey, everybody, this is what we'd like to do. And if you believe in what we do, we would sure love your support. If you don't want to support us, 
that's fine. It's not like they're going over and shaking people down and going, hey, kid, you like your Betty and Veronica. Well, and I mean, crowdfunding is, uh, for example, uh, let's see, what was a recent thing? Uh, Manhunter, right? Like Manhunter in DC Comics. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. Where everybody's like, bring back Manhunter. And DC yeah. Comics is like, uh, you guys haven't been buying it. And they're like, yeah. no, 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 no. We'll buy it. Just yeah, yeah. put it out. They put it out. No, people don't bought. buy I mean, it. It was worse. The, the thing with the Manhunter thing was they're like, OK, we'll bring it back. And the sales of that first issue when they brought it back were less and worse than the last issue that they printed before they canceled <laughs> it the first time. Right. And, and then that just uh, unfortunately that. You know, that has been a topic that we've talked about multiple times. Listeners, if you want to go and listen to the uh, Zach on Film discussion where we're talking about uh, the Super Trooper 2, that is the uh, Zach on Film Celebrities and Crowdfunding that came out around the 1st of April. Go look for that. And then we were talking about Support Your Thing recently. And this is kind of that same thing. If you're really going to support it, you need to support it. So, I mean, crowdfunding creates this potential, right, where you can have – DC Comics, like one of the big guys in their field, be like, hey, we are not going to take the loss on a Jaime Reyes, Blue Beetle limited series. Mm -hmm. We know you guys really want it, but nobody's going to buy it. So if you give us $300,000, we'll just put it out. Mm -hmm. And if we make money on it, great. If we don't, great, because it's out there. And that's what Cyber Force Strike Team was all about, right, Right. Matthew? It was like, hey, we know that there's, there's people out there who want this title. Let's mm-hmm. do a Kickstarter on it. Everybody who kickstarts, it's going to get these. I think it was. I don't know if it was five issues. I think it was the first eight was, issues were free or something like that. Because I it that was, was one. the first five issues were free to anyone. Oh, okay. Uh, they were made available for free. We actually got them at the store. Okay, because that's I. Uh, I went into that campaign, and mm-hmm. the thing was, you know, if you guys want it so bad, here it is. But you got you've got to raise the capital for right. that first. And right. I don't see that as any different than. A movie theater saying, hey, you want to buy these tickets early for the show that's coming up next week? Sure, go right ahead. The movie's going to come out. Here's your chance to get your seat early. I guess I do see it as something different because that is like a movie well, theater saying, hey, you are, did you watch Avengers Age of Ultron? Did you wish there was more Black Widow? How about we just make a Black Widow movie? Yeah, yeah. Pay us to or do that, right? I if mean, if we is- don't sell... If we don't pre-sale X amount of tickets, we're yeah, not, we're not going to get this movie here. Exactly. And that's exactly. what happens. Right. So it, it, it creates – yeah, it's a different dynamic. Yeah. yeah. But in this case, it's just like, hey, we need, to, we need to do more. We'd like to do more. And if you guys want this, here it is. But if you don't, then that's okay too. I thought – when I first saw it and started reading about it and go, oh, so we, you can start doing some reverse math and try to figure out – this is how much it takes to launch a number one at a comic book Five, studio. 500 bucks a page is what the average is. I've got a book that I've talked about on this show. It's around here somewhere. It's called the – maybe it's under that stack right there, Zach. I mm. think it's called the Marketing of Comics, I think is what it's called. It's that one right there, the Economics of Comics. comics. But it also – while it's talking about digital comics in that book, mm-hmm. it does give a breakdown of print comics as well. Uh, and so it goes into some detail. And of course that I don't remember who first broke that years ago. Maybe it was bleeding cool. And this is about five or six years ago when it kind of came out that the average price was about $500 per comic page. And that's just mm-hmm. for the art. That's not for the writing. That's not for the other stuff. Right. Right. Um, you know, Gail Simone, which people love Gail Simone stuff. She went to Kickstarter or maybe right. she did a, no, she hers was Kickstarter, Kickstarter with yeah, leaving yeah. Metropolis and people bought Megalopolis. into that. Megalopolis. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. And people bought into that. But see, the difference I think that people will see with that is that she could have gone to Image Comics. 
Yeah, but, but it wasn't Image Comics right, doing the right, Kickstarter right. for a Gale Scott. Right, 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 that's what right. it comes down to. This is something that I thought about a lot. Um, I, I feel that, for example, Nickelodeon really fumbled uh, things with Legend of Korra, right? right? Mm-hmm. And thus with the Avatar franchise, because you don't get too many chances right. in yeah. this environment, right? So if somehow the avatar guys got the rights from nickelodeon went to kickstarter and tried to launch a new series i think people would be all over that but if nickelodeon went to Mm -hmm. kickstarter and said hey you guys like this do you want to do it again i don't think the response would be as uh, favorable i think there is a difference between a creator saying i have this idea that i want to do and a company saying we want to launch a new line of comics Mm -hmm. now whether you know whether I'm right or wrong on this, and I again I'm not entirely sure why it disturbs me, but it just feels I don't know. I, I, I occasionally I have this thought when when we see the things that are coming up to be crowdfunded, where you kind of go, "Ooh," <laughs> you know, you'll you'll see someone go, "Terrible thing happened." Here's a terrible person. Let's go ahead and crowdfund them, and it's not the same thing. And I'm not saying it's the same thing. But you get into that really weird area for me. Now, I want to read these comics. I want to read a Chip Zdarsky Jughead. Oh, uh, yeah. He's doubly doubly like- so if he's Captain Hero. But he won't be Captain Hero because they'll never bring back Captain Hero because they hate me. But I just don't. I don't know. I think there's a, th- um, a thing now with the public and people that consume media where we have more faith in creators than in companies or studios that we'd rather see them. Because when we hear stories of corporate meddling with a product and the director or the writer or the creator gets upset because they get their true vision across. So, I mean, there is certainly a thing of this is not Chip Zdarsky getting to do Jughead. It's like Chip Zdarsky getting to do Jughead for Archie Comics, who ultimately has the ultimate say over what he gets to do. Same thing if uh, Tarantino, if Weinstein, Weinstein Brothers did a Kickstarter for a Tarantino movie, like Weinstein could still come in there and meddle and screw up his movie the way he wanted to do it. So people would rather be like, we'll give the money to Tarantino to make the film and said, uh, well, we don't want to give it to them to give to Tarantino because then there's this corporate. Exactly. I think there's, there's that dynamic of, and it's kind of, if you look at the way media is going is, <laughs> if you look at people under the age of 15 who are the most important people in media youtubers they're by themselves mm-hmm. they don't have any corporations behind them uh shadow control there is some but yes. they are them in front of the screen doing their thing and well, those are the big people so this is the thing that a lot of people don't get that that does irritate me you say that oh there's nobody behind these youtubers that's that's a lot of bs in many cases because i know of at least four students right now that have their own YouTube channel where they do games and they're all separate channels. They're all their own separate channels, but they're part of a bigger conglomerate. They've signed up for that. And so there's all this distribution, but nobody knows about that. Right. When you look at, when you look at sites like CBR and when you look at sites like news around, they're like, yay, look at those guys started up. That's bull too, because they're funded by huge corporations. Comic vine is funded through, 
uh, CBS. They're owned by CBS, and yet mm. people are like, "Oh yeah, those little guys." Yeah, again, no, that's that's stuff that they're they're not upfront but in again, telling people about. That Sorry, is, this is something that I know that pushes my buttons because when you're looking at it, it's going, "Oh, I sure do like what Comic Vine's doing." Yeah, because they got CBS money behind them. Oh, I sure do like what CBR is doing. Yeah, because they've got all this money behind them. Oh, I sure do like what this other company's doing. Yeah, because they've got what is it, Space dot com behind them as as their money backers. Right, but in the context of this conversation of that Comic Vine, CBR, still corporations, what people nowadays want is to give the money to the writer for the site that right. may be back. Sure, But sure. you see what I'm saying is like, oh, I see what you're saying. There are a lot of people on YouTube who are backed by these conglomerates that help essentially with like a lot of lawsuits and music rights and stuff so, like that. But the biggest people have cut ties mm-hmm. with all of the ones and do it on their own. Okay, so uh, somebody wants to pay you, Zach, to write an article for our site, right? In this example. Like an outside person wants to Well, I mean, in this example that Zach is giving, hey, we want to give our money to Zach so he can write the article for the Major Spoilers website. No, not even that. I don't know Zach is going to be able to get it on my... People want to give a person money to do it on their own platform. Yeah. And that's where the problem becomes because now you, Zach, have to go out and you have to build up that infrastructure yourself, right? You have sure. to go out and yeah. find the server space, sure. find the web space, do all of this stuff. And you just wanted to write an article. You didn't want to launch a whole new website and, and go and, and do all this stuff. Yeah, well, he also didn't know that he could get a lot of money out of the deal. I mean, that goes with it, right? I mean, well, uh, And again, let's define get a lot of money out of the deal. Uh, more money than Zach usually sees. You know where he works. I, I do. But again, let's let's... Let's break some of this down sure. because that's this is the one thing that people don't understand about crowdfunding is when you make a promise to something, uh, suddenly you're like, oh, I said all these people were going to get T-shirts. Uh, I didn't count into that for how much I needed. Oh, because we've now got so many people coming to my server, we didn't anticipate the extra cost in running this server, which now when it breaks down to it, we're not making anything. And that's wow. the other thing about the other thing about Kickstarter campaigns that uh, I, I think that people get confused Kickstarter campaigns, uh, Patreons, VIP sites, all these things are not there to line the pockets of the people contributing them. The people are not supposed to be getting rich off of these kinds of projects. They're there to make sure that the project can be uh, completed. And they're, at least on the Kickstarter uh, front, I do believe they're supposed to be an accounting for where all the money has gone to. There is now, yeah. Yeah, so... um, you know, when people are like, oh, I'm going to make a buttload of money off of doing a Kickstarter. No, you shouldn't no. be making a, a buttload no, of money off of doing a Kickstarter campaign. And that's why the Kickstarter does it. And then supposedly you make the money then selling the product that got Kickstarted, mm-hmm. right? Hopefully. That's the idea. Hopefully. But and that's where I kind of also run into a problem, too, because it's like, oh, I just sold all these watches for, you know, uh, $400 or whatever the price of the Pebble was. $200, $200 right? Um, and 20 people bought into this. I sure hope there's 101 million people that want to buy this of the 100 million people that that funded it, uh, because then it's like, well, we've kind of pre-sold everything in the case of the Pebble Watch. Now, hopefully they're going to be able to make more sales on top of that, but maybe not. Mm. Right. Well, most funders don't fund it at the level where they get the product. Uh, some don't. Uh, many do. Um, if you look, you can find out how many people back particular projects and that'll tell you where people are buying things at. And I think the Pebble watch though, most people bought into it at the level of, they got the watch. Yeah. I mean, 
that I mean that was a certain thing. There's a lot of different pro or projects where that's not possible. But I mean, if you were backing the Pebble thing, it's like oh. I want an early discount on a Pebble. It's pretty much yeah, a and I, and that's what the deal was here with yeah. Pebble and and a lot of other tech products that I've backed where you get the product but you get it for two hundred dollars cheaper than if you were to buy it on market. Sure. So it's almost pre-selling that ticket. Yeah, and that's and so come back to Archie's like the tech thing is different really because you you're catering to a larger audience than mm-hmm. a comic book mm-hmm. because if you look at the Archie numbers. To get one of the books, mm-hmm. you're going to be paying more than a 3.99 cover price on a book because you. I mean, you have to factor in all the Kickstarter mm-hmm. fees and everything. Mm-hmm. But face value, it's like I'm paying essentially six dollars more for this one issue of Archie than I am, and so um, that's where I think the dedication of fans has to come in with Kickstarter because it's like right. we want to see this thing happen, right? Right, and. Um, that's what I think can lose people. It's like, why am I paying this? Uh, uh, why people can yeah. get upset? It's like, why am I paying? <laughs> why are you? Why do you want yeah, me to yeah, pay yeah. more for this thing if I just wait? Because if you wait, it's not going to come made. out, right? And yeah. so, like, you have to understand with, that people are come against these kind of projects. Is like, there is a group of people out there that Archie believes that is there that mm-hmm. love these characters so mm-hmm. much they're willing. To invest their faith and their money right. into the company to produce a product that they will enjoy and right. could hopefully uh, kick out more so that the money mm-hmm. capital raise plus the sales will continue the stories for a longer time. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're hoping for. Yeah. And and I think some people are cool with that and some people don't see that and some people see that and like still wrong. Don't like it. And that's I mean – that's no, no. I mean, and I think that's that's just anything in general, yeah. right? I mean, whether it be an Archie comic, or again, whether it be uh, supporting a podcast, or whether it be a Patreon, or buying. I bought this. I got on this Kickstarter of some really crazy instrument. It's like an electronic <laughs> instrument, but it's like it's like a guitar, and I forget what else it's it's called. It's called the audiophone or something like that. It's really mm-hmm. crazy, and it looks really it's a guitar, really guitar, cool. a saxophone, and a theremin. I think that's kind of <laughs> what it is. Is that a holophoner? No, it's not a holophoner, but it's it's pretty close. Like but, you know, some people are going to buy into it and some people aren't. Um, and if you don't want to buy into it, that's fine. But mm. when you say, where's my Chips Zdarsky Jughead? Well, it's because nobody funded us, so we couldn't do it. Oh, well, that's bullshit. Well, then that's that's the wrong kind of thinking and attitude to have towards this. First of all, you crap on their campaign, and then whenever they're not able to produce the book because they're not funded, you crap on all over them again. And I don't – that is a wrong approach from a, from anybody to have towards somebody. It's like, well, we didn't have the funding to do it. Oh, I'm sorry you didn't make – I'm sorry you weren't able to get funded. You know. I don't know if I would be willing to crap on the campaign, but I will tell you right now that I – from my perspective, am much more willing to give money to a Gail Simone or a Mark Wade to fund a project that they want to write than I am to give money to an Archie Comics to create work for hire for these artists and writers because of the nature and the history of work for hire in the comic industry. So, I mean, it it's a fine line and it's a difficult line. And again, I don't necessarily know. We've talked a lot about this and I'm still not entirely clear on why I'm a little bit heebie-jeebie on this, but I still am. Well, and, and, the, and it's and I think the reason why you're you're weird on this is because, and I'm not saying Archie has done this, but there have been a history of publishers screwing over 
create and content creators, whether it's somebody who has created a comics property, uh, a, a new IP for the company, and then later the company's like, oh, no, we're not paying you for that, even though there's a contract that says you are supposed to be getting a residuals monies off of this. There's been a lot of that in the last couple of years, and I think that there are some um, – you know, there are some concerns that maybe that would be what is happening here. But, you know, Jughead is already a, a property that's owned by um, by Archie. Uh, so the concern wouldn't be that, hey, Chip Zdarsky is going to get screwed because hopefully they're going to pay him his rate or whatever the rate is right now for that page. So, you know, he's going to put the work in and he's going to get paid for it. So I don't know if I, I wonder if that's where you're getting your your problem from is that you're afraid somehow Chip Zdarsky or Mark Wade or someone's going to get screwed in this deal. I don't know. I just I, I don't know that I am as comfortable with funding a corporation to fund. Well, a project. OK, you know, a corporation, though, I think would also be a little bit more um, answerable than an individual, because I know I have funded Kickstarter projects that were never delivered and mm -hmm. the person just disappeared. The person just ran off with the money or continued to make excuses about a product not being delivered as promised. Yeah. You know, that is interesting because you, this, this is such a highlighted, uh, Kickstarter anyways. It's like if they get funded, um, they better like really stick to their guns, deliver stuff on time. Otherwise, People will be really, I think, even more upset because it's not funding yeah. an individual. And, you know, there's a lot of people. I don't know. I I think I don't know. I like Kickstarter campaigns. I mean, obviously, I have an interest in this because we have the major spoilers VIPs, which is where you, the listener, are supporting us. And people say, well, where does that money go to? Well, we talked before about it, it goes to the server cost. It goes to paying everybody who's sitting here on this podcast and every other podcast. It goes out to our writers. It goes out to our server costs. It goes out to our equipment costs. Time week and week and week and week and week after that, right? So, you know, we need your support to do these kinds of things. If you don't want to support, that's fine. Same way with Kickstarter. The, you know, someone is doing this in the case of Archie. They need your support uh, in order to produce this product. If we aren't supported, we can't do new shows. If we don't have the funding, I have to decide, well, I guess we're going to have to cancel X show or we're going to have to cancel this plan or we can't go to this uh, convention or event uh, as guests because we don't have the funding to do those kinds of things. This is why all these guys right now have other jobs to help fund that. And I'm trying to make it a, a, this a little bit better so that we can have everybody uh, benefiting from this. And this, you know, we get advertisers and I appreciate everyone who is a VIP and these kinds of things, but we have something that we are delivering on a weekly basis, a daily basis uh, based on people who contribute Sure. I think Archie is the same way. They want to deliver a product. But I do know that there are individuals who have said, well, we're going to do this movie, raised all this money. And then, uh, you know, prices, we can't do this on the prices that we did it. Uh, we have your money. We're not returning it. But, you know, we're only 75 percent of the way that we need to go. We'll probably have to launch another Kickstarter in the future. Sorry, everybody. And then people get mad and give Kickstarter uh, a, a, a Patreon a bad name. Well. But I think the important thing here is that I think Matthew is right on the zeitgeist of, of this. The reason why he feels that way, why he, you know, quote unquote, inexplicably feels that way is because this is the way that crowdfunding was sold to us. When sites like Kickstarter uh, kickstarted, they were like, guys, this is a way for people that don't have corporate backing right, right. to get that money. 
And everybody was like, a way for guys who don't have corporate backing to get that money. That sounds great. Sign me up, right? <laughs> but now, guys who do have corporate backing can also get that money because there's nothing in the bylaws that says, you know, if you you must be this poor to yeah, launch yeah. a Kickstarter. And that's and that's and, the thing. And, and people are really tense about that. People don't want, you know, News Corporation or Viacom or philip morris or any giant company mm-hmm. to launch a kickstarter because they're supposed to have the money and that trickles down to every company every established company is already something like if it predates kickstarter it's exactly what kickstarter was trying to fight and get around and <laughs> scrap for the little guy and yep. even though logically you think well archie is a pretty tiny company all things yeah, considered yeah. like that thing that nugget of like Ra America, we fight the power, we're the little guy. <laughs> like it's still there and it's still fighting, even though Archie should, you know, by all means deserve that because they are kind of the little guy. They're just a really old little guy. Yeah. yeah. Well and like, I, a and guy again, who plays like, chess at the park. But again, it's that like it's, it's that individual yeah. it's that individual's concept and, and preconceived notion, right? right? I mean, you know, you hear support the mom and pop stores, sure. but yet everybody's still going to Walmart. Sure. Oh, I want to support the mom and pops. Well, there they are right there. Oh, but I'm going to go to Walmart because I can get my toilet paper for 20 cents less. Well, absolutely. Or I can go, you know, online and make a purchase. Something but for but less. that's that's the other way around, too. I mean, you are saying like that's 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 precisely that thing is people saying I want to support support the mom and pop stores and Walmart saying here's a very tiny Walmart. And we've hired a married couple to sell you things like that's what that's what company backed <laughs> Kickstarters feel like to people. Right. Yep. It's like this is like just somebody wearing a human skin with like a robot inside. <laughs> but I mean, it's I, to me, this is this is Archie coming and saying, give us money to make these comics is no different than the uh, Super Troopers 2 coming and saying, give us money to make a new movie. I completely agree. And I, I understand yeah. that this is the future, that eventually we are going to see giant companies using crowd yeah. funding. It's just the, on the, the, plus the side, zeitgeist a, isn't there yet. On the plus side, this is a great way to judge interest from people, sure. right? If it, if it funds, hey, great, there are people who are going to be interested in this. Great, let's move ahead. If it doesn't, well, maybe we need to rethink this, or maybe this isn't the time. Uh, who was I listening to? Kevin Pollack, I think, uh, comedian, right? Um, mm-hmm. Was talking on a podcast today about his new documentary about comedy. Um, but he was talking, he was one of the early people that said his podcasts were going to go up behind paywalls. And he was not, and he, he admits that he was too early in that thinking. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to these guys uh, saying, oh, you know, I freely admit that I made a big mistake, but because I was one of the first people to say I wanted to make uh, podcasting a paid service, it paved the way for other people and forced uh, Apple to rewrite its code to allow you to make your podcast a paid purchase, uh, just like an individual music track and these kinds of things. So, yeah, you're right. It may not be the way uh, yeah, we're not there. Yet. Yeah, we're not there yet, yeah. but we will be. I fully believe that we will be eventually. And yeah. I th- and I think people need to really think, is this something that I like? Is this something that I, do I, that I enjoy? Uh, if I enjoy watching this movie, if I enjoy reading this book, if I enjoy listening to this music or podcast or, or group or comedian or whatever, that, you know, that's why. That's why there's a tip jar. That's why there are premium packages that's why there's patreon that's why there's kickstarter so that sure. you can say hey i support what you do and i want to hear more of it 
And for me, I, I guess I'm really okay. And it doesn't, it doesn't bother me. If time Warner came out and said, Hey, we need to fund, you know, the next Titanic movie. Cause it's going to cost us $700 million. I, I welcome them to do it. Well, Will they make it? I don't know. I think, I think uh, perhaps a, a stronger example is had Kickstarter been around when Serenity went off the air. Oh yeah. And yeah. was it Fox? Yeah. Fox and Fox had been like, well, we'll keep your stupid show on. If you fund it, people have been like, okay. Yeah. And it would have gotten funded. I, we well, would have gotten one more season of it. Yeah. I, um, you probably would have at that or at least gotten all of the episodes aired or something like sure, that. Where sure. it would have been. Or, or put them online or yeah, yeah, get or them collected like somehow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think that if, if Nickelodeon wanted to do that with legend of Korra, I, mm-hmm. I think they can certainly do it. And I think a lot of people would buy into it. I think Nickelodeon's problem is coping with their release and their distribution method oh, sure. of that. But that's a whole different story. So, did we have more news we, items than just did. that? <laughs> we did, but I figured this would be something that would uh, get a lot of people talking. So why don't we just uh, jump ahead? You can find out all the news over at Majorspoilers.com, uh, including stuff about uh, the new Captain America movie. There's no word yet on who uh, Martin Freeman will be playing in the uh, new Captain America Civil War movie. Speedball. Yeah, that's what uh, that's what Jason Inman had said. And it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't sound like too too far of a reach, except that um somebody came out and said he's definitely not playing a superhero what if he's playing stan lee also speedball is 17 years old so you know who i think he's playing who? bilbo massive intercompany synergy crossover he's playing bilbo <laughs> i think it's and funny. it turns out that the one ring is actually the infinity, infinity gauntlet yeah yeah <laughs> the one ring is the fifth gem this is perfect it worked i, I like i like how uh in my review of Swords of Sorrow, I was like, there must be some kind of conspiracy going on with the publishers in that we have Convergence, Secret Wars, and Swords of Sorrow going on at the same time. And then uh, I know Gail Simone read the review. And then later that day, she's like, yeah, uh, this is all taking place in one giant. This is all one interconnected story with all these properties <laughs> crossing over yeah. with one another. Yep. So what were you going to say? Oh, I, I was going to say that um, when they announced the Martin Freeman thing for Civil War, I was like, I bet you that Martin Freeman will have more screen time in Civil War than he did in Battle of the Five Armies. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Let us get to some reviews. Reviews. Oh, man, we are way in, late into the show. How about we do fast, very reviews. fast reviews uh, in this? Shotgun reviews. Yeah. Uh, this week, or last week, Convergence Speed Force number 2 by Tony Bedard and a bunch of other people out of DC Comics. This is part of the Convergence tie-in. This is the second issue of two that is part of this event. Last issue, Barry and the kids ran into a bunch of Amazons from the Flashpoint universe. This issue, they fight at the end of the Yay. issue. The Amazons retreat and Barry, quote unquote, wins. And he's left saying, oh, family, I'm so glad we're together again. Eh, Where's your mom? Where's your wife? We don't know. We probably will never know because there's no issue three. My problem with the Convergence second issues is there is a resolution and it's supposed to be a happy resolution, whether it's Batgirl that I've talked about on Finally Friday and uh, Dueling Reviews last week or Superman or Speed Force. There is a happy resolution. But it's not a completely satisfying resolution because you don't know how it ties into the main storyline. You don't know if all of these characters are going to be returned to their timeline. Oh, sorry, Wally. Your timeline was erased. So that means that your wife is gone. Uh, We don't know what's going on with any of that. So because of that, this is a very uh, satisfying but poor ending of this book. And uh, the best that I can give it is two out of five slices of meatloaf. Did, Did you know that Titans ended with a to be continued? 
Oh, did it? Okay. Well, yours Convergence did speed for Convergence Titans number two ends with a big to be continued. Question it's the mark? last issue of the book. Question mark? No, it actually tells you come back next week for Convergence number six. Uh, okay. Well, maybe it'll be answered there, but uh, in maybe. Speed Force 2, it says the end. Electric Boogaloo. Superman, it says the end. Batman and Robin, the end. And even the Night end King of Batman, even Batman and Robin issue ended really, really weird. Had a weird jump cut to where suddenly Batman's talking with Superman, and then you cut back, you cut, and they're still talking, but Batman is swinging off the roof with Jason Todd and his son, and they're going out in the end. So there you we go. ran out of pages. Bye bye. Yeah, exa- that's kind of what it felt like, Matthew. That's what, the way oh, it is on. when I write that's, a haiku, uh, I get to the end. Uh, Matthew, what do you have for us this week? Part two. Of four, Archie versus Predator from Dark Horse Comics. I'll say that again. It's an Archie comic from Dark Horse Comics, but uh, I think Dark Horse has a Predator license. Anyway, yeah, they do. Archie versus Predator, number two. Uh, for those of you who remember number one, the Blossom siblings were horribly murdered and killed by a Predator. This makes Jason Blossom's second uh, alternate continuity death in the last three months, and I thought I'd share that. This issue explains exactly what's going on, and it does it through Kevin Keller's father, General Keller of the military, who comes in and says, okay, guys, we didn't want to tell you this, but they're secretly predators, okay? And if you have a weapon, they will kill you and you'll all die. But it's okay, because Betty and Veronica have gone to find Sabrina, and Sabrina's magic has never done anything bad in the Archie universes. I mean, there's no possible way this could all go terribly bad, right? There's more death in this issue. There are big name character deaths in this issue. So, so, so. I don't want to mention any names. <coughs> Sabrina um, may possibly be disemboweled on panel. Uh, there's a beautiful sequence where Reggie Mantle dies. And really that right there earns this book three and a half slices of meatloaf from me. I've been waiting for Reggie Mantle to die since Archie was voiced by Dallas McKinnon. So three and a half slices of meatloaf. It's the weirdest crossover ever. I, I told you. I told it's you. so freaky. There's a scene where Veronica has to change clothes. I don't know who this is aimed at, but I'm pretty sure it's uh, men in their 40s. But yes, uh, interesting book. Really a fun book, but a very nihilistic and dark look at the Archie titles. Yep, definitely. And I, that's from someone who loves the Archie zombie book. All right. Thank you, Matthew Rodrigo. All right. Uh, I got. Space Riders number two. I believe Zach reviewed Space Riders number one. I did. Um, and um, I'm very confused about this book uh, because I can't tell if this is a uh, like a very clever person purposefully writing like writing a very juvenile seeming book or a very juvenile person writing an actually awesome book. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's so difficult. Uh, by the way, for those of you who were curious about the Spanish in it, um, it all seems to be correct. The main ga- the main character's name is, in fact, Captain Peligro, which means danger, so he's Captain Danger. And the baboon, the anthropomorphic baboon, is actually named Mono, which literally means monkey. Um, <laughs> in this issue, they meet a barbarian lady, literally called Doña Barbara, me, which means <laughs> Miss Barbarian. Like, Ms. Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Um, again, I'm just like, was is this all on purpose? Are you making fun of me, comic? Are you try? Are you smarter than me? I don't understand. The art is great. Three and a half stars. 
All right, and Zach. <laughs> uh, I am reading Mythic number one. Uh, which comes out this week from Image Comics from Phil Hester and John McRae. Uh, based of the book, Science is a Lie, All the Myths are True. The sun doesn't revolve around the earth, or nope, wrong way. The earth doesn't revolve around the sun. The sun is pulled through the sky by a chariot with fire coming out the back. Ooh. A lot of crazy stuff happens in this book. It's really funny when you think about uh, political science things of science and mm-hmm. myths butting heads. Well, that's we are fun. from Kansas. That's a whole lot of fun. Uh, fun times to read. Uh, meta story explainer in the beginning calls out his his purpose of the beginning of the book uh, was a nice touch. Uh, team bands together. Their goal is to fix all of these supported uh, supposed science problems, like a drought. Uh, the, in this book, they say it's not a drought, guys. It's not weather and stuff. The <laughs> the clouds. Or the sky in the mountain haven't had sex lately. They're going through a rough patch. We just got to get them horny, and they'll have sex, and there'll be rain. Uh, that's the what? that, that's what's happening in this book. Uh, a man turns into a monster. Uh, it's weird. It's crazy. I'm really interested. Only a dollar ninety nine for thirty two pages. Uh, totally worth picking up. I give it four slices. That's from Image Comics, right? Image Comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And uh, they've got a digital version of that, too, so you can go check it out over at their digital offering. Yep. I don't know if it's any cheaper. I know that um, typically their print comics are like three ninety nine, and the digital is two ninety nine. Now, this one, one ninety nine across the board, which, right. was, which when I downloaded it, I thought, well, this is only going to be 12 pages. Nope, they're due. There you go. All right, listeners, you can head over to Majorspoilers.com for a lot more reviews. And uh, I, got an interesting, I got an interesting email from our friends at TweakedAudio.com this week. Uh, they were they were giving us a rundown of the sales over the last two weeks, and it looks like the most popular type of headphone is the peanut butter one, or the PB one. Mm-hmm. Is the I think that's the one with the flat ribbon. They were showing all the list of the sales. Most popular color, red. So there you go, dude. I'm wearing red PBs right now. Yeah, see, four different styles, a lot of different colors. You can get the ones with the microphone built in. Interestingly, the ones with the microphone have sold a lot more. And, Mine has uh, a microphone too. I'm popular. Well, you just fit into the, the mass proportion. You just have to do take not it away ruin from this for me. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, Matthew, you are all with the cool kids. Yeah, yeah. Great song. Yes, these, now I uh, need to get pumped up kicks and learn to run. <laughs> Tweaked. God, yeah, right. do not do <laughs> no, not investigate that. No, so just leave no, it there. Yep. Yeah, no. That's what that song's about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tweakedaudio.com are engineered for durability. They have great noise reducing design. And guess what, listeners? When you head over to tweakedaudio.com, you use the checkout code MAJOR, you're going to get 33% off the price. Holy cow. That's a great deal. Instead of paying, uh, you know, $35, you're paying like $27. That's nice. a good deal. That is a good deal. Thank you to our friends at tweakedaudio.com. Major spoilers poll of the week this week. You guys have probably heard that uh, Constantine was canceled. Ooh. Well, let's just say that NBC has said that they're not going to renew it for a second season. Uh, do, Ooh. Keep in mind, do keep in mind that Warner Brothers is the production company behind the series. Mm. And uh, the executive producer went on to Twitter this week and says, hey, we, uh, we still have options. Yay! That could mean a lot of things, and so if the that question, means uh, Keanu Reeves again. I'm out. No, 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 no. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to shop it around to another network or somebody oh. else. So the question is this week with the CW running many of the Warner Brothers DC Comics properties, it seems like that would be the front runner. Though sci-fi has been named a, a time or two uh, because of the upcoming Krypton series that will be over on that uh, channel. So the question is, what network do you want to see Constantine uh, fall onto? 
or be on uh, ABC, CBS, Fox, CW, AMC, HBO, Showtime, Sci-Fi, FX, or something else. Go, Rodrigo. Um, I think it makes the most sense to see it on Sci-Fi just because of its, uh, I think, previous relationship with NBC. Well, Sci-Fi and NBC are both NBC. owned by yeah. Universal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so it just makes a lot of sense um, for them to just be like, "Oh, here's Sci-Fi. Here's a contract." They have been running past episodes on yes. Sci-Fi, right? Yes. So, yeah. So that mm-hmm. that to me just makes the most sense. Okay, Zach. I, you know, I would like to see this go to, uh, like, Netflix or Hulu. Ultimately, I think you have a better chance of getting seen and longevity possibly on there instead of sci-fi. I don't know the numbers on sci-fi. I mean, Sharknado is a hit. Sure. And so, it continues to be a hit. Yeah, so there's things there. I think AMC is a good place for it. I think, I, honestly, I wouldn't want them to see it go CW because then you kind of get into this thing where you hope they don't all look the same and feel the same across the board with all their mm-hmm. different uh, show properties at CW. But that, I mean, but then if it's on CW, you have a lot of crossover stuff. Um, but for me, I guess I'd rather see it on Netflix or something. Yeah, um, I think Stephen Amell says he really wants to see it come over to the CW because he thinks there's some great crossover potential between Arrow and and Constantine, which is good. That's what I voted for, CW. Let's keep it all on one channel, uh, make it easy to find the the superhero shows you're into. But I have seen a lot of people say go to Netflix, and I think it would be interesting to see it go to to Netflix. Yeah, I mean, Daredevil did pretty well. And you're not you're not limited by any kind of censor. No. You know, you don't have to conform to anything. So you could go as bloody as you wanted or horrific as you wanted. And he can, uh, smoke. He can smoke. That's mm-hmm. that's true. Um, yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of potential uh, looking at the uh, the Netflix or the, the Hulus. But I'd prefer Netflix. Over I would, and I would like to see them explain why he just started smoking all of a sudden between season one. And season Stress. Two. Stress, <laughs> man. He, he never stops. Well, uh, uh, Matthew, what about you? I said HBO for three reasons. Uh, one. This weekend, for the first time, I actually watched a complete episode of Game of Thrones. And I'm like, holy crap, this show's actually not bad. I can see where this would work. And it has all the things that you want in a good Constantine. It's got the cursing and the fighting and the dead things running around and also breastuses. Uh, secondly, I have HBO, so I'd be able to watch it, whereas some of these channels I don't always have. And third, and I think most importantly... Wherever it ends up, I feel like Constantine is better served as sort of a PG-13 R-rated property. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that if they do, wherever they end up, I would like to see it with John smoking. I would like to see it with Chess getting his catchphrase with the F word back. And I, I don't necessarily want to see the actress who plays Zed naked because that's creepy. But I want for the possibility for... Say if you're telling the story uh, from the first 12 issues where there is nudity as part of that story and it makes sense in the storyline or as George R.R. R. Martin says, hey, boring talk, put a naked woman in there. Either way, I feel like that kind of would help. I think it would it would be something that would set this apart from the other quote unquote comic book properties out there in that the Flash and the, the Green Arrow and the Supergirl are all going to have to be network safe. This is the place where you can do non-network safe X, what they used to call the Vertigo story. Do you uh, start with the first episode of Game of Thrones or do you just jump right into I've season five? I've seen the first five? episode of Game of Thrones. That's why I haven't watched more Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. It ends with a little boy being thrown off a platform for watching a man shag his sister. Wow. Yeah. Oh, so many spoilers in that one sentence. Way to go, Matthew. 
Dude, it's five years ago. My spoiler limit Actually, is current season, the book two is, months the book of comics, like, what, ten years three episodes. I don't want to hear it. You don't hear, you don't know about the brother sister. Well, do you know that in the show? Is that explicit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You don't know that they in are the book until sister. like the end. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, and you King find Joffy out in the first Jaffier 20 is minutes, actually yeah. their son, apparently. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, Alicia said other. She would rather see it on another network than Fox or CW. Great NATO says I voted Fox because there would be a great potential with Gotham. Russ Katz says I voted AMC and uh, somebody else said Netflix or Amazon should pick up the show. Amazon might be another good one uh, to go with. So uh, I'd like to go and search the word Gotham and the word potential and see how many times they come together. Then a tertiary search for Uh, wasted. No, yeah, I was going to say it was going to you're going to see a lot of potential in gotham together yeah but they'd always be with the ly gotham has potentially got some great things going to going forward but you would also <laughs> it has see a lot of that potential same, but boy would, it's crap Woo-hoo. you would see in that same sentence wasted uh in there as yep. well i yeah Ruined did potential. you guys watch the did you guys watch the season finale oh no I okay no, no, no. widget won't let me watch it I, I watched I watched a bunch of episodes of Gotham simply because I was like, okay, in order for it to hook me, here's what needs to happen. And then it did all of those things mm-hmm. and it still didn't hook me. Yeah, yeah. So like yeah. I was like, I feel like I need to watch like two more episodes so that I can say like Gotham did everything it told me it I told it to do and then it did it. Mm-hmm. But then after a while I was just like, I don't care. The the mm-hmm. final three episodes were all tied in together with a procedural about tracking a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really interesting, but it was more, it was more mm. police stuff in yeah. the middle of a of a gang warfare than serial than killer is the very special episode of police procedure. Oh yeah, it's, and they got uh, they got it's what's Blair and Tootie having a, a discussion about the N word. It's I mean well, Spock and no 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 the other one the the vegan what's his name uh, oh, the penguin name. no 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 it was the guy who was playing the serial killer was in the TV show Heroes as the. Uh, Milo Ventimiglia. Milo, that's who was yeah. Peter Petrelli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, All I right. forgot about that. How guy. is everybody voting right now, Matthew, in the poll of the week? Right now, 27% are looking at the CW, 20% HBO, 19% sci fi, FX and AMC in the running, and everybody else just kind of plurking along in the background. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, 9% voting other. Yeah, I think those are the people. 9% of that are, 93 is like eight votes. So. I, I think those are the people that really want to see it go to Netflix. And, you know, if. Yeah, or FXX. I was thinking specifically just, you know, the broadcast cable type televisions. I was not thinking of the online delivery for this one just because Mm -hmm. of – and again, that goes back to this question of would you guys – maybe not you guys, but would would people buy into the, hey, we need to fund the next season of of Constantine and we're going to deliver it to you digitally for free if if we reach this goal? Who am I funding? Am I funding a creator or am I funding DC? No, you're funding funding the TV show. You'd be funding Warner Brothers. Brothers. (laughs) Because they have the rights. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're the ones that are producing it, but they're like, hey, if you guys want it, we'll produce it. It's going to cost this much money. We read it. We get it. But the day that we reach our funding and the day that we complete production, which will be six months, let's say a year from the time that we complete production, you will receive all episodes in a digital download form. That is the that is the question of our time as far as Kickstarter goes. Like right now everybody will say no. Five, six years from now, maybe everybody would say yes. Yeah, it's a, it's an It'd interesting be interesting. Question. Uh get back on this again. If a entity <laughs> did that, uh like, okay, we need to make second season of Council Time happen. What are we gonna do? It's twenty well, it'd be twenty three million twenty three million dollars. No, no, no. Forget the money. They have the money to do it. This is what I'm saying. 
what is so like our stuff VIPs mm-hmm. it our next goals are based on how many backers there are right right what if a thing like this where they need people to watch it to get advertising money they're right, gonna right. get the gonna, we need forty thousand people to give something to this so we know <laughs> there is gonna be this number of people so, watching it well, that would be. So primetime network, primetime network. In order to sell, you're looking at you need millions of people. I know. I was just that. giving, but a I'm just thing. saying. But you're right. Yeah. If they said if we had a million people who each pledged ten dollars or five dollars or whatever or it is, one dollar, or yeah, one dollar, then that's enough for us to go ahead with this because we know that we can recoup the cost through the advertising yeah. dollars that'll be spent. Yeah. The problem is, does the net? But see, Warner Brothers is the company producing it. Warner Brothers Television. It's the network that then has to be sold on. Yes, we can make the money on this based on. What time slot we put it in, how much we're charging, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, CW, and we've talked about, I don't know if we talked about it on this show before. Uh, your, your idea is not wrong, Zach, but I'm just saying, like, for example, on CW, I think um, an episode of The Flash is about a million dollars per episode. Mm-hmm. And they're making about, from what I could determine, they're making about that much in their advertising on just that show. Now, that doesn't count reruns. That doesn't count syndication, mm-hmm. any of that. So they're making their money. Just from the advertising yeah. dollars. Uh, Gotham, though, is about $3 million per episode, 3 to $5 million per episode. And I don't know what their advertising rate is. It's significantly higher. Yeah. But I don't know if they're making their money off of Gotham like they think they are. I don't know. But, I mean, it's just an interesting But yeah, no, it would be very interesting because now the network would have to say, well, let's see. If they're providing me the television and I pay them for the cost of the production, can I recoup that in the, in the advertising dollars? Yeah. If that's the case, do they have the time slot to commit mm-hmm. to that? That's that's where it is, especially when they're like NBC, I think, is going more dramas than anything in this next season. Um, that's where they have to make that decision if they would do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm all for, you know, the more people that sign up for something, the more indication that it's like, hey, we're going to continue to yeah. do this. I mean, one of the stretch goals we have right now at VIP is if you want to hear this show live on Tuesday nights, we only need less than 400 more uh, VIPs to sign up at any level, at any funding level. Mm. So, you know, we're that, we're that close to, to doing that. Um, but that's interesting. I wonder if people, and again, we've been talking a lot about Kickstarter this episode. We've been talking about, uh, Constantine use the comment section over at majorspoilers.com. Do you want to, would you fund this show? If they said, Hey, we just need a million of you to, to pledge a dollar. Mm-hmm. Would you do it to get 20 episodes or 15 episodes? Or in the case of a lot of shows like Dr. Who, uh, eight episodes this season, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I bet people would sign up for that very quickly. Mm-hmm. A buck for eight episodes. I don't know. Honestly, I'm not saying no. I'm just saying I don't if know. If it was just money, it was like I would give a dollar for Doctor Who Get Made. I probably wouldn't watch it, but it's like someone's going to enjoy it. I'll give a dollar. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of a Doctor smart Who, man named Lloyd Dobler once said, I don't know, but I know that I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of Doctor Who, Doctor Who, uh, 12th Doctor, Volume 1, out now from uh, Titan Comics. Titan. Two different stories in this series. The first one, I think I reviewed, or Matthew and I reviewed the first issue together. We retro-reviewed 12th Doctor number one, I believe. I don't know if it was retro. Not retro review, dueling, dueling review. I, I'm on nine different things that are called reviews at the site. Come on, cut me some slack. I'm old. Um, and so the first story is about the doctor winding up thinking he's going to wind up on an ice planet. Turns out he's landed on a planet with uh, terraformers. 
Right. And they've converted into uh, a tropical paradise. Planet. Yes. Tropical paradise. And it looks like it's being terraformed for a big wedding so that these two uh, major galactic families can join forces. <laughs> but the doctor finds something even more sinister, as he always does. Right. Why for art thou a space capulet? Yes. He finds a sun, sun thing. Where are these guys from, Matthew? Hyperios. I don't think they're from anywhere. I oh, think I didn't they know are... if they were a TV show or if this was their first appearance or what the deal was. I am not familiar with them from the TV show. Someone is probably screaming right now at the top of their lungs if they're wrong. If I am wrong, it's probably one of those weird uh, fourth doctor things that I've never read about. So, mm, okay. Mm, but I... I wonder if it was something that appeared in only the comic books. That's possible, point. too. There because are a lot this of is a... comic books out Titan Comics is a publisher that's based in the UK, uh, and they've been doing this for a while. So, uh, Doctor defeats the uh, the giant sun lava monster by freezing it in ice. <laughs> After using the sonic screwdriver to actually unscrew screws. Yes, best moment ever. What was, uh, what I don't, was great I don't about the ending for me of this little pack of stories in this volume is that the giant sun monster thing. Looked like Typhlosion, the Pokemon. So him mm. being frozen and ice just really felt nice to me. He, lo- he looks like an earwig. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. What I liked about this story is it felt very much like watching a TV episode of Doctor Who. Yes, very mm-hmm. much. Like, in fact, like the number one thing that I will say for these comics is that they really get the Doctor Who pacing down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. to the point where I'm flipping... The, like first page is like oh this guy's like investigating this thing and then this thing and then he dies and then the robot delivers a weird catchphrase and in my head i hear you know it's like this is an episode of doctor who that and every time something bad happens they cut to uh, peter capaldi's like eyebrows like looking angry you know, like, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is an episode of Doctor Who. Totally. The, you know, the bad guy gets his comeuppance. It's all basically taking place on three set locations yeah. throughout the whole thing. So it's it, <laughs> it feels very much like a very low budget BBC version of an episode. Um, limited effect shots. The uh, yeah, definitely mm-hmm. limited effect shots. The art was okay. Uh, I thought that they were doing a good job of trying to catch uh, capture Capaldi. Maybe not so much on. Uh, uh, yeah, Jenna Coleman does yeah. not look like Jenna. There, no. there are mm-hmm. a few panels where clearly they were like, "This is a panel where we were ma- we will make her look like Jenna Louise Coleman." The right. rest of them, eh. well, and Capaldi does that too. There's a couple sure. panels where it's like, "Wow, he looks way too young to sure. be uh, Capaldi." But uh, the first there's issue, one there- panel where I swear to God they look like the Third Doctor and Zoe Harriet, which is the freakiest thing ever. Yeah, yeah. for a Doctor. Did Who you guys fan. like the first story? I like the first story a lot, actually. I thought it was okay. I mean, it is like very, very. Who? I mean, I hate I hate to say standard. I mean, it's fun. It was interesting, but it is like exactly what you'd expect out of Doctor Who. I, like weird planet. Mm-hmm. Turns out there's an alien underground. Mm-hmm. Turns out man should not, de- you know, <laughs> mess in God's domain. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like it is just you know point by point. Any Boiler episode plate. of Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think because we're not getting any, any new Who right now, I think mm-hmm. that's the reason why I liked it a lot better. Yeah. If I had read this in the middle of a season, I probably would have gone, well, this is no good. This is this is worse than what I'm seeing on TV right mm-hmm. now. When in fact, it's exactly Is, is it though? It, this might be better than <laughs> I think some it, of the stuff that we Yeah, see. I think so. Yeah, in some episodes, <laughs> yes. Um, 
And it really, I mean, as as a first and second issue, mm-hmm. or as the beginning of this first volume, I think that it really establishes strongly what you can expect. If you're a person who's never seen Doctor Who and you pick up this comic and say, hey, how am I going to figure out what this Doctor Who is? Is this going to be something awesome that I like? This gives you, and I don't say this about a lot of comics that are licensed versions, this gives you a really good kind of microcosm of what a Doctor Who story is. Zach? Uh, this one was fine for me. Uh, I thought it was fun. You know fun who Doctor and, Who is, right? Uh, you've seen the who, show? Who? Uh, yeah. Okay. Course. Yeah, we've watched it on the show. All right. Okay. I've watched Just the first. Sure. I've watched like a season of uh, what's his old grumpy face from the uh, Eccleston. Mm-hmm. I watched that season, what's and then maybe like a two two episodes <laughs> after that, <laughs> and then I watched the first Matt, a couple of Matt Smith episodes. Sure. I haven't watched any of Capaldi. Watch the 50th anniversary episode. It won't yeah, make that, any that sense. That one was a lot of fun. Really. Yeah, well, here's the deal. I thought the first thing was fine, and then the second story came along. I'm like, oh, God, this is why I just don't want to watch Doctor Who. There's just yeah. too much happening. <laughs> this is, like, the, what? This There's is so actually... many strange words, and it's like, God, I understand. You go back and forth in time. We have to call it out all the time. It's like, oh, this is one of the things. Like, I understand. I understand the concept of the show. We have to call it out every time it happens. Zach would not fund a Doctor Who Kickstarter campaign. Oh, you said he would. I said I would. I said I'd give a dollar to it. Zach is magnanimous. He would pay for someone else to enjoy something. Yeah. Unlike unlike me, where even (laughs) if I enjoy something, I still won't pay for it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I got to the point of the second story, uh, oh. which had some fun elements into it. But I got about the halfway point. I was like, "Yeah, don't if, care anymore." If the I'm, first, I'm flipping through all these battle pages, if the first page felt like, or if the first story felt like a typical Doctor Who episode, this one felt like the two part special event crossover. Like, uh, what was the one about the children? Uh, with that Torchwood, cross- yeah, Torchwood cool. and everything. Yeah, it kind of felt like that where. The doctor is jumping back and forth through time from 1800s India to uh, 25th century Mumbai. Mm-hmm. And in it, uh, Kali is trying to come back and kill everybody. And there's a spaceship and vampires and uh, Leonardo da Vinci and some uh, and some love going but you on. You know, I think when I think about this, because there are some really cool things in the second story of giant space city yeah, yeah uh uh leonardo da vinci some weird vampire things some weird mythological stuff there's some cool things in there and i think as a tell of a tv show probably been pretty awesome to watch uh in some instances especially if the effects were you know doctor who level uh well, these felt the, the in this book it felt like the special effects would have been higher than what we would have gotten in a tv episode well, in the second story that's, that's me bad. though um but the, I, I don't know what it was i just like he it got to a point where he was talking about there's just so many strange backstories. It's like I just don't care anymore. There's also there was also something in here which kind of reminded me about the very first episodes of Doctor Who, where let me tell you about Kali and the the cult and the thuggy and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. which was very much a history lesson, which was what kind of Doctor Who started as mm-hmm. as a, historical, yeah, as a historical. So there were a lot of things that I liked in this. Second story, but man, there was a lot more. It was had a higher production value than than what I was expecting. So it didn't feel like a Doctor Who episode. Right. And that's the thing about it is if the first story feels very much like a Doctor Who episode, this feels very much like a Doctor Who comic. Yeah. 
in that the doctor is really sort of just a vehicle for the story that is being told, which is this weird multi-conglomerate thing with gods and goddesses and a love story across the ages. The doctor is just sort of in the middle of this weird story being told, which Mm -hmm. makes it a pretty accurate Doctor Who comic tale. I don't know if you ever saw the eighth doctor when he was at uh, the Battle of uh, Custer's Last Stand there. Nope. Yeah, he was there. Oh, no, I didn't see that issue, so sorry. No, it was, a, it was like 10 years ago. Oh, okay. It was back when the eighth doctor was still the doctor. Rodrigo? Um, it was, I, I can I can see the, the issues that Zach has with it. I mean, there was a lot going on. It wasn't a very straightforward story. There's like this cult, and the cult is manipulating this family, but the family is also part of the cult, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this goddess that they're trying to resurrect, and in order to... Not in order to do it. They're doing that anyway, but also in order for her to do something, they need to re- retrieve all four of her swords. Her swords are something else, are some collective artifact. Yeah. By the way, the story starts with one guy who dies, but then we find out why he died, so his daughter's involved. Then there's also this lady from the 1800s, because that's where the vampire called more or less started. Right. Like... It's there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I and mean, it's only it, it two, is. It's only I think two issues, right? Yeah, I mean, there is there's a lot going on here, which is probably what actually made it a little bit more interesting for me. Mm-hmm. I actually like this one a little bit better, just because it's like they just like grabbed a hat, like a, a bucket of like Doctor Who premises, and like threw them at a wall, and the three or four <laughs> that stuck. Were the ones they used, which is yeah, a yeah. perfectly reasonable way to write a Doctor Who story. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like I I I mean I didn't love it. I didn't love either of these issues. Mm. Um, but I actually like this one a little bit more. Like, and I think it is actually kind of because the Doctor was a little bit less involved. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot going on that didn't involve the Doctor, and traditionally. My favorite episodes of Doctor Who are the ones that involve the Doctor less than the yeah. ones that in, that have him at the center of things. He, he didn't say run enough, I don't think. Yeah, he actually does a fair amount of like <laughs> fighting and standing his ground. Yeah, yeah. Maybe previous Doctors wouldn't do that as much. Yeah, yeah. And I thought there was some good uh, Doctor development where he, and I forget if it was the first, must have been the first story where he's like, you know, previously I would have done this, this, and this, but, you know, some things are worth fighting for, so mm-hmm. prepare to die, yeah. essentially. What I did enjoy from this collection of issues was I've never seen any of the Capaldi stuff, but through these four or five issues, whatever it is, I ha- I got a sense of the kind of doctor that he is and what his personality traits is and how they're trying to set him apart. Mm-hmm. And, I haven't, and I haven't seen every episode of the Capaldi run, but I feel that they did nail that i, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. that the, the voice of the capaldi doctor is there in the comics mm-hmm. matthew uh there's a reference to the fourth doctor to tom baker doctor there's and, a, an overt reference he appears on panel right in in a picture but i was wondering is this an actual character that was in a fourth doctor adventure at some point because he says that the guy who died this girl's father had gone with him tiger yeah had gone tiger with him in the uh in the tardis on multiple adventures Howitzer explosion guy. I am not familiar with Tiger Maranatha. Now, again, the fourth doctor is kind of my blind spot. I like him the least. But no, I don't find anything that references it to a specific story being told on TV. Okay. I think that it may be one of those 
hey, look, it's an American audience. Let's make sure that we tie in the doctor that the American audience knows things, which perfectly legit on my part. Uh, I actually kind of liked that. I always like it when there's references to previous lives. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So do I. I when you're just... having to clean up a mess that you made when you were an old man 450 years yeah, ago. Yeah, I was just wondering if there was, you know, if that was an actual reference to something that had, had that appeared before, had been in canon before, or if this was something that was just brought up to to make the story more interesting. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. All right. Um, art overall, Rodrigo? I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. The models kind of got wonky. They get a little wonky, but that is that to me that's understandable when you are trying to model them on real people. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. at no point did I get the doctor confused with anybody else mm-hmm. or any of the characters confused with other characters or anything like that. Um they took some opportunities to draw some cool aliens, mm-hmm. um giant Kali, yeah, Kali, uh, Kali Ma was was cool. I mean, I was into it. Like, you know, I Zach? don't get I don't get enough spiral in my comics nowadays. There I guess. you go, Zach. Uh, art was fine for me. I thought some of the poses during action scenes seemed non actiony or like yeah, yeah, they yeah. froze yeah. in uh, their actions, which seemed awkward at points. Uh, but besides that, I think Rodrigo kind of nailed it. It's like, it wasn't the best art, but I didn't think it pulled the story down at all. No. Matthew? I think that it had the opposite problem with the leads in that Jenna Coleman looked like Jenna Coleman, but Peter Capaldi doesn't look really like Peter Capaldi a lot of the time. But, I mean, as licensed comics go, I think it's more successful artistically as a story than the first half. But I like the first half better because I feel like the central character was more consistently peter capaldi so yeah i think that the coloring is phenomenal in the second oh yeah half. and the second story was definitely the coloring was much amazing better. yeah yeah would you guys for for doctor who fans let's just say you're a casual fan you watch the show but you're not you know you don't have the uh the little um dalek uh, tea cozy and you sure. don't you don't have the, the the long scarf is this something you would recommend to to someone who likes doctor who oh definitely I think I think if somebody is like, hey, I just got all the way through all the Doctor Who TV show, like all the new Doctor Who TV show, mm-hmm. uh, and I want more Doctor Who, what should I pick up? I would be like, first pick up this comic, then maybe go back and, and watch the old Doctor Who TV stuff. Because, you know, it's like depending on this person's age and their TV experience is like, this is paced like a Doctor modern yeah, yeah, Doctor yeah. Who episode. Yeah. The old stuff, the pacing is slow yeah, in yeah. general so i would actually recommend this to binge on before somebody who started going back in time zach uh yeah i mean i have to really default to people who uh watch this show more but i don't feel like this would be a horrible thing to read if you en- enjoying doctor who and have kept up with the seasons uh it seems like it would fit right in matthew yeah i'd say check it out Here's the cool thing. If you don't like 12, they're printing adventures of 9, 10, 11, and 12 wow. all concurrently. No five. Oh, no they, six. Yeah, they're not doing those other ones. But I thought, wasn't there one? Oh, there's something coming up next month, I think is what it is. Uh, something about a five-week giant crossover event between all four of the uh, all four of the series. So there's enough Doctor Who for you to go check out at Titan Comics. I enjoyed this, this book. five. 
Uh, I enjoyed this volume. I thought it was a lot of fun. If you like Capaldi and you want to kind of see in this off season, you want to read some other adventures, here's something to pick up and enjoy. You get two, two essential, two essential episodes. Or if you are old, like Matthew and I, uh, you've got three weeks worth of, uh, of episodes in this, in this, in these two issues. Um, or for my wife though, she said that on her PBS channel, they used to break them up into like 30, 30 minute chunks each night wow. on PBS back in the day. So there you go. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for downloading and listening and sharing this podcast with a friend. Thank you to our major spoilers VIPs. If you want to find out more and get some bonus stuff, members.majorspoilers.com. Uh, next week, I don't think we have an interview scheduled for next week, but we have something fun planned because we know that you love comics. And we do too. And we will talk with you f- soon. Slumber party. Yes, it's a major spoiler slumber party. <laughs> Fat Dick's Ray Vision of a Superman I could save a few bucks and stand around And read through the covers of the comics on the stand But although every other page Would be backwards I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds Well I don't know Guess I haven't thought this all the way through Plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew He kicked my butt out on the corner What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge chance? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine be In the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah What a major spoiler Whoa, 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 whoa What a major spoiler This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.